Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guests are... Kelly Hoover and Blair Critch. They are the founders of Blessed Mama Bosses podcast. How are you ladies doing today? Doing amazing, Brad. Thanks for having us. Awesome. So excited to be here. (laughs) Thank you both so very much for taking the time to be here today and share a bit about your story and your journey with us here on the Empowerography podcast. I appreciate you both. So let's jump right in. Kelly and Blair, you both work in multi-level marketing in the multi-level marketing world. Both run successful seven-figure businesses, respectively. You are, as I mentioned, the founders of the Blessed Mamas Bosses podcast. You're both married with children and both have had your own share of personal struggles to deal with along the way. How do you find the time to prioritize and fit all of this in running seven-figure businesses and a podcast and and a family? How the hell do you find the time, ladies? (laughs) as I'm listening to you say that all of those things, Brad, I'm like, oh my gosh, that is so many things that we do. How do we do it all? (laughs) I just, I'm over here giggling. So, you know, I mean, we're very structured. Blair and I have a lot of similarities. We have Mm -hmm. a lot of differences, but we're very structured. We're very productive, but we also know our priorities in life. So there's a lot of things that we want to do that we don't necessarily get to do it points of our life, but it's organization really. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love really quick. I love that Kelly said, we know our priorities, right? Because once you figure out what those are and also what your goals are in life, then it's okay to say no for a season to certain things and yes to others and vice versa. But you have to be clear on what you want and where you're going and what the priorities are. I like that point you brought up about saying no. I've, I find that I had a discussion with a woman a few weeks back and we were talking about the word no and what a big word that two letter word is. And she spoke to me about how she is learning to now say no to certain things, but she finds that when she does say no, people are sitting there waiting for the reason as to why you're saying no. And it's like, I don't have to explain why it's just no. And that's it. And I found that very interesting because I've noticed that people do sit there and they wait for an explanation as to why you're saying no. (laughs) It makes me laugh. Yeah. So Kelly, let's start with you. You were working in medical sales before making the jump to MLM and entrepreneurship. How long did you work in the medical sales world for? I was in medical sales for 15 years. Wow. Okay. And how did you get started in that world? It was something that I really wanted to do. After finishing college, I went into logistics, transportation sales, and I had a really good friend of mine that was in the medical sales. But back then it was like all about who you know, 
right? right? It was like getting a foot in the door and he and his family were actually moving and he got me an interview for his job. We went to college together. We're still great friends. In fact, they moved back and he lives down the street from me. But that's how I got in. He got me an interview. He put a good word in and that's how I entered into the world of pharma sales. Okay. Now I read that you kind of stumbled onto or into the MLM world as a result of a very personal struggle, health matter and recovery from that. Can you talk to us a bit about your personal struggle and your health matters? Yeah, absolutely. So I had a very rare brain tumor and really once I was in the medical world, I had been with the company for a very long time and I was in the the process of launching products. So I I say that because I had a lot of stress on me. I worked Mm. 50, 60 hours a week. My husband traveled four or five nights a week and I had two very small kids, one that wasn't even in school yet. Right. I was very stressed. So I kind of put my health on the back burner. I mean, Mm -hmm. I was doing things a lot, but I began having these headaches and I was a runner. I mean, all of that, I was training for half marathons at that point in my life. And the girls pointed out to me and said, Hey, you're complaining a lot. And I'm not a natural complainer. And I was like, Mm. I am. (laughs) And long story short, it took about nine months of misdiagnosing. I got diagnosed being depressed. I got diagnosed with just having migraines, even after collapsing and being rushed to the hospital in an ambulance, they still told me I had a cyst and not a tumor. And it really, truly took me getting on to Facebook. I was, I was on disability for about three weeks because the pain was so bad and getting onto Facebook and, and finding a support group and uncovering that there's a lot of misdiagnosis for the specific brain tumor. So long story short, I ended up finding my way to the surgeon. I had surgery six years ago now. And during that time of recovery, I had to spend an entire month with my eyes pretty much closed for 23 hours a day. Holy shit. Yes. I could not read. I could not, you know, watch TV. I listened to books on tape and Brad, I don't know if you remember back in the day with 50 shades of gray. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay. So that was the audible book. I have to throw this in here because when people would walk in my room during recovery and they would hear the audible being read 50 shades of gray, it it provided some great comedy. I'm sure it did. (laughs) But during that recovery process, And I was going back, I was probably about eight or 10 weeks after surgery. I reconnected with a friend of mine from Pharma World who was, had left Pharma and was doing network marketing. And I was like, she's crazy. Why would she ever leave such a good paying gig? Yeah. And I ended up experiencing her product and her product changed my life. Her product gave me my life back. Her product really, it's my product now, but it truly changed my world. And I was terrified, Brad, to go back to that life that I once knew working in pharma. And so I did, I went back, but I just kept watching her have this time freedom. I kept watching her live her life, not the way that I knew it. And I didn't really know at that point, 
you know, the reality of what could be, I thought, Hey, this is great for her, but that's not meant for me, but it was meant for me. It just meant learning something new. It meant believing in myself, surrounding myself with the right people and my husband's support. He's the one who really pushed me and said, you know what, if you actually apply your business skills to network marketing, you could really make a go at this. And what if you could be around your kids more? I mean, we had a full-time nanny at that point. Right. And so I did. That's how I sort of took from the the medical space using the brain tumor. And I hate to say it, you hear people so many times say this, that you have a really bad situation in your life. And a lot of people will let it define them. Yes. But I really chose the other path. And I chose the path to go down to not let it define me, to let it fuel me. And it not be the reason why I can't, but the reason why I have to. Right. And the reason why I have to show up to be able to prove to others that yes, you can do it. It doesn't matter if it's a brain tumor. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, your kid acting out, whatever it is, you can do what you want when you put your mind to it. So having a brain tumor was honestly the biggest blessing in my life. And that sounds crazy to people, but it set my priorities in a different place. Looking back on it now, I can say, I wouldn't have been able to say that the first year or two, but I can say that six years later. Wow. I mean, it ha- things happen for you, not to you. That's the mindset shift right there. But I mean, the, I can't imagine how frustrating that must have been the nine months of misdiagnosis. Like, how did you deal with that? A lot of prayer, a lot of people around me, and I was in denial. I mean, I just was like, I don't know what is wrong with me, but I just kept trying to find support and you know, I was believing a lot of what the doctors said. They were like, you're depressed. I was like, gosh, I was working in depression right. in the pharmaceutical yeah, world. I was course. like, I don't feel depressed, but yeah. you know, I have a lot of stress on me and life was so busy, Brad, that I honestly like probably did not slow down enough to overanalyze the fact. I just kept going, okay, well, I'm going to go see this doctor. I have to wait two months to get in. And yeah, you know, I was just fighting for answers. How much time though in, in that nine months were you having to take off work to deal with all your appointments? And, and I'm sure there were days where you just couldn't get up and go to work because you felt like shit. So how did you, how much time were you taking off in and around those nine months? It was a lot. The biggest yeah. period was I took three weeks off at Christmas. It was probably about two months after I like had the collapse and had to be rushed to the hospital. As time went on, it kept getting worse. Clearly the brain tumor was growing and I was in the bed, like debilitated at least one or two days a week. And the hardest part about that was my kids seeing me that way. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. So how would you say then these experiences have helped shape the Kelly you are today, both personally and professionally, do you think? Because I don't wait around for things to happen to me anymore. I go out and create it myself. And I am so grateful for every day of my life. And I really try to live by the standpoint of waking up today and just being 0.01% better than I was yesterday, whether that's my relationships with my family, my team, you know, serving someone. I just try to live every day to the fullest because I now know how precious life is. I love that attitude and the way you're thinking. It's it's so true. And it's unfortunate, I think, that for so many people, it takes an experience like what you've been through to make people wake up and realize that. And then there are some people who still don't realize it. You know, it's, it's crazy. 
So true. Now, I also read that you kind of had both feet planted and you had mentioned one in each world. So your full-time job in medical sales, you're also working part-time in the MLM world. What was the pivotal or light bulb moment for you to make you fully jump in 100% into entrepreneurship? It was time. Yeah. I never had the opportunity to see my children get off the school bus. I had to plan out in January, all the vacation days and like, you know, what day I was going to use where I missed field trips. When a child woke up sick, my husband and I were like rock, paper, scissors, who has the least important day (laughs) at work today. You know, we both had careers. And since he traveled a lot, a lot of it fell on me. Yeah, And I did have help with the nanny, but the light bulb moment was, you know, having my friend Blair believe in me, having my husband believe in me, knowing that I didn't know how to do it, but I was coachable and I knew that I, I I wanted more time. I wanted to be the mom that was at the bus stop. I wanted to watch my kids grow up. I wanted to have these experiences. And that's really what drove me. Time, the most valuable commodity in the world, and you can never get it back once it's gone. So, so how was that transition then for you out of that world, out of the corporate world into MLM? It was hard. <laughs> Not going to lie. I was, I went from being probably the two biggest things that hard probably isn't the right word, but it was a challenge I had not faced yet. The very first thing was what people thought about me. I live in a super small town. I am, you know, have education. I have a graduate school. I had a good paying career. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I left that to do network marketing and on social media. I mean, people looked at me cross-eyed. They were just waiting (laughs) on me to fail. Like I was, you know, who do I think I am? Yeah. That was a big struggle because I had to put blockers on and yeah. just not see them because they would have mentally and emotionally taken me down to know the whispers that were happening in the grocery yeah. store. And as I walked by, the second thing was time. And this is something that I analyzed as it was happening. But I went from working 50, 60 hours a week, having no time, and I was super efficient to having all the time in the world. And I became the most inefficient woman around. And (laughs) I was like luncheon with the ladies and I was doing all these things. And I'm thinking I'm building a business here. And so I really had to sort of pivot. And those were the biggest two challenges. Yeah. You must be like, holy shit. I've got all this time on my hands. What the hell do I do with it all? I'm not used to this, right? A hundred percent. Yes. Blair, you worked as a teacher before making the jump to MLM and entrepreneurship. How long did you teach for and what was your what was your specialty in teaching? What did you teach? So I taught kindergarten okay. and in like an inner city school here in South Florida. I loved it. It was very difficult. I was there for four years and then got pregnant with my first. Okay. And that's when I was like, okay. I think I would like to be at home. <laughs> yeah. What inspired so I just you? I imagine teaching other kids all day and then coming home and playing with my kids. Like the <laughs> factor, I just couldn't even imagine. I'm sure. What inspired you to become a teacher in the first place? So I definitely grew up in a home and I'm sure a lot of you guys listening grew up in the same kind of home where it was taught to me, especially as a girl and a woman that you need to figure out what you want to do, find a career, graduate college in four years, get that career, and then stick with it for 30 years and retire and find a job that's going to allow you to also be a mom and a wife. Right. So it's kind of instilled into me from my parents. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to be a teacher. And I went to school for that. I graduated for that. 
And I definitely have skills and talents that line up with that. Yeah. But now looking back, it is definitely not what my passion is. I love teaching, but I love teaching on a broader, you know, platform over mm. somebody else telling me what to do. I'm not really great at being an employee is basically what I figured <laughs> out in those four years. Hard to listen to somebody who's not in the classroom telling you what to do, right? Yeah, very true. Very true. What was your favorite part though about being a teacher? What did you enjoy the most about it? So I loved, my class had a lot of uh, Haitian children and kids from Guatemala. And so they would come in at the beginning of the year, most of them not even speaking English and definitely not reading, which is normal for kindergarten. By the end of the year, they were speaking fluent English and reading and writing. And that was so powerful to see that when somebody believes in you and they pour into you, anything can be accomplished. So I loved that part about teaching. Amazing. And you carry that through to your business now because you ladies both teach women how they can achieve their dreams and success. It's just teaching on a different level, which is, again, you still get to see those light bulb moments and you get to see the excitement and the eagerness to learn and all as a result of what you ladies are both teaching these women. So you've carried that through. I think it's amazing. Absolutely. It's one of our favorite things for sure. (laughs) Blair, you too have had your share of personal struggles along the way. Were, Were some of these the catalyst for you making the jump from your teaching career to entrepreneurship? And do you mind talking to us a bit about your personal struggles along the way? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was a hundred percent the kick in the butt push that got me into entrepreneurship for sure. Because during those five years that I was home with my two boys, we ended up having to file bankruptcy. My husband's business was wrapped up in the mortgage industry. We had 10 homes that we were renting out at the time. So imagine this listeners, if you're going through a hard time right now with COVID, (laughs) I get it. We had invested 20% cash down on all 10 of those homes, had them all rented out. Then we had multiple hurricanes here in Florida, insurance (sighs) rose, the mortgage and real estate industry crashed. And we basically had to file bankruptcy on both of our businesses and start over. And during that time, I also found out that my husband was addicted to oxycodone. Oh my so gosh. it was a lot. And I had a two-year-old and a five-year-old uh, at the time. And it was a lot. And I'm not going to lie. It was one of those moments where I was like, wait a minute. I don't even know if my husband's going to get sober. I don't know yeah. what his decision is going to be for his life. I'm going to provide him the help. But if he doesn't make the choice to, to get help, I have to leave. And I have to leave with two kids. And what am I going to do financially? Because I don't have a job. And that was the spring. And, you know, I couldn't get a teaching job till the fall. And I did have one lined up. Thank goodness I got one right away. But I happened to see this online jewelry party. I'd never been successful in this industry before with MLM network marketing. And I dabbled in it before with certain things and thought, I'm just not the right person for that. I'm not a salesperson. But I saw this jewelry. I thought it was beautiful. And I had a party just to see what would happen. And I had a bunch of people say, yeah, let's do it. I want to have a party. (laughs) And within two months, I was making more than I ever did teaching. And so my husband started to do better. He was getting himself healthy. And he said, why don't you give it a year and see what it can do? And Mm. within a year, I made my very first year with that. I made just under a hundred thousand dollars. And I would have never made that teaching. So (laughs) that was my first taste of this industry. And then I was with that company for almost five years, transitioned to a health wellness company because it lined up more with my heart and passion. And I've been with them now for seven years, but the freedom, the flexibility to be able to be there for my kids during that hard time. And to know that I had cash in my own bank when I wasn't really sure what was going to happen next 
that's a huge catalyst, not only for me then, but still for me now. Like when I think about who I want to help in this industry or who I want to help in Bless Mama Bosses, it's the women who need choices. Like I love being able to provide choices for yeah. women. And listen, we're all going to go through something, right? Like yes. I just went through cancer again this last year. Jeez. Like, you know, there are bumps along the the journey, but I, I love what you said to Kelly about things happen for you, not yeah. to you. And boy, are they gifts? They really are. Absolutely. Well, both of you, your, your mindset, your attitude, and it is so incredible that you both have that mindset and attitude with what you've been through and are able to push and carry on. And because like I said to Kelly, a lot of people would just curl up and and give up. So the fact that you ladies both have that incredible drive and push yourselves to keep going and, and that attitude, like I said, things happen for you, not to you. And you realize that, and it, it just fuels your passion and your fire to keep going and do what you need to do to make shit happen. I love it. I think it's incredible. Both of you ladies, I admire you both. You're an incredible inspiration. The two of you, it's amazing. So kind. Thank you. How have these experiences helped shape you both personally and professionally, Blair? Well, I mean, that's a great question. I think that obviously when I was kind of shoved into (laughs) the first network marketing business with the jewelry, you know, it really forced me to learn how to be on my own, how to be an entrepreneur, how to be a business owner. And those were skills that I had never learned but there's so many opportunities to learn it. Right. And so I went out and I started to invest in myself. I started to learn. I watched as many Brian Tracy videos as I could (laughs) on YouTube. I found Danny Johnson and fell in love with her. I just really poured into myself to learn and to grow. And then that provided me kind of what I feel like were the stepping blocks for the success that I've had with my current business and with Bless Mama Bosses, because that was the beginning of my forever learning. Right. I think that a lot of times we go to college and then after college, we're done. We don't ever pick up a book unless it's a fiction book again. (laughs) And uh, I I kind of relearned that I needed to continue to grow and learn and, and to become better. So that's one. And then that has literally been, I believe what helped me through all the different trials that I've been through since. So, you know, when you have a spouse that's going through addiction, it's not just a, Oh, he got better and now he's okay. It's a forever thing. And so you're always balancing that on top of the fact that I got cancer this last year, I really look back and I handled it and I was able to go through it in such an amazing way. And I know that blessing was first because of my faith, but second, because of the work that I've done, the work to grow every single day and be committed to my own personal development and developing others. And I I believe that that's what really helped me get through it in such a different way. And hearing stories of other people like Kelly's story that she just shared with you guys, it still inspires me. I mean, when I was going through chemo, I remember thinking, okay, well, this does suck. It's okay to admit that to yourself, but you know what? I have chemo and I can go home and still lay on the couch with my kids. Kelly right. had to literally lay there for 23 hours with their eyes closed. Yeah. So, you know, there are so many stories and moments and things that I feel like have really helped me to where I am now. And I think that empathy and growth comes with personal development. And that's when you can really be an amazing leader, in my opinion. And I think it's great that you two have each other to lean on as well and support each other because you both have been through cancer and dealt with cancer. So you have each other to, to kind of bounce things off of and and you can empathize with each other because you know exactly what each of you have been through and dealt with going through the, and dealing with this terrible disease. So 
I think that's amazing that you have that support system in each other as well. What drives or motivates and inspires you to keep going and to keep pushing and excelling at all that you do, Blair? Well, that is such a great question. Honestly, it is my faith. I believe God mm. put me here for a specific reason. Yeah. And I really believe every single thing that happens every single day is purposeful. And so my drive comes from that. I want to use my gifts and talents to the fullest. And second, I have big dreams for my family. Like <laughs> I really do. My husband and I were just talking about it this weekend and it brings tears to my eyes. Just think about it. Like we talked about what does it look like in 30 years? Yeah. What does it look like in 15 years? What does it look like in five years? What does it look like in two years? And my kids are older than Kelly's. And so they, in four years, we're going to be empty nesters Yeah. and we're going to be young empty nesters. So <laughs> I'm really excited about it. And I feel like once these kids are done with college, which is like what another, maybe 10 years for me, I mean, we are going to be really even more enjoying life. And so I think that's a big drive. It's my faith. It's my family and then serving others. I really believe that we're put on this earth to help and inspire others. And so with our success, we can inspire others to success. Yeah. It truly is an incredible feeling when you find your mission and your purpose in life and have that mission and purpose impact and give back to others is just the icing on the cake. It's like winning the lottery twice. Having those two things combined is just an amazing feeling. Totally agree. So I got to ask, how did the two of you meet? Oh, (laughs) you know what? It is such a total, again, it's like a total God thing. So Kelly was on my team for Mm -hmm. our network marketing business. And like she shared earlier, it was a friend of hers that she knew through pharma that she joined. That person was already on my team. And so Kelly and I started connecting through trainings and things like that, that I was hosting for the team. Kelly is the personality that will reach out and ask questions. And so she was asking me questions and telling me her goals. And I just really felt a connection with her right away. And, you know, this is one of the things I know that people will have negative things to say about MLM, but one of the biggest blessings for me, besides the financial and time freedom has been the friendships. I mean, I would have never met Kelly. She lives in a completely different state than me. And yet I immediately felt this connection with her. Like we are supposed to be friends. And I just had so much fun with her at any event that we had. And when she said to me, I think I want to do this full time. I went all in on her and like came and, you know, it's her, her hometown. We did some meetings together and I realized like, girl, we are so the same. <laughs> and I love spending time with you. Like, I just want to be your friend. And so that was like a huge blessing. And that's really where our friendship started. It was really just because we were in the same business together. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And I have to add that sure. during that time, you know, she believed in me. Mm-hmm. And during that transition where I wasn't really believing in myself, it was something I needed. And I didn't know I needed that. She, she didn't even realize she was probably providing that. Yeah. But she gave me that guidance and I respected her so much yeah. and we did have fun together, you know, and it was one of those friendships that over the years, she's made me a better person. She's made me a better mom. She's stretched me, you know, and put me in my place when I needed to be there. And, <laughs> and that's something you need in a friend. You don't often get that in a lot mm-hmm. of friendships, you know, she won't, yeah. she definitely, we holds me accountable and I value that so much. And I'm sure you do the same for her. That's that you're right. That's yeah. an incredibly important thing in a friendship is having that accountability partner and that friend you can lean on and talk to and get advice from. And 
those friendships are far and few between. So it's great when you find them and hold on to them for life. I mean, they're very, very far and few between. So, well, and Brad, don't, it's a difference too with professional friends, right? Yeah. Like, yes. I have my local friends that I've yeah. met through church or my kids or school, and they're awesome, but yeah. they're not going to hold me accountable. They're not right. going to push me to the next level in my business. But when you find, other people in the same space as you, it doesn't yeah. even have to be the same business. It could just be the same space. Yep. Those are the people that, gosh, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's such an amazing connection because you can do that for each other where, you know, maybe your friends that you're surrounded by locally or that you grew up with, you, they don't have that same connection with. That's you. right. For sure. 100%. Now, as stated previously, the two of you both run very successful seven figure businesses, which I think is incredible and a huge testament as to who you both are as women and entrepreneurs. Now, I read during the pandemic that women were the hardest hit and affected by the pandemic, both financially and in terms of job loss. This will be a two-part question. First of all, why do you think that women were the ones that were hardest hit and most affected? Oh, that's easy. You want me to answer that, Kelly? Okay. I just kind of did. Sorry. I just kind of took over. So I think the number one reason women were affected more during this pandemic is there's a couple of components. One Uh is we are social creatures, right? Women need each other. They need to have community. And when you take that away from somebody, now they feel very alone. And I think the second thing is a lot of women already run their households. Like they're the ones that do a lot of the extra things around the house. Now they have kids at home and they're trying to do those things. And they're probably trying to work online. I know from me personally, the women that I've talked to, a lot of them had to let go of their jobs or go down to part-time because they were the ones that had to watch the kids who were home where the husband was maybe making more financially. So he chose to stay at, at his work but she had to take, you know, a step back. So it's just, I think there were a lot of components to it, but I think that those all combined were very difficult for the women. And, you know, honestly, I know a lot of women who even quit their jobs or let go of their jobs because they just didn't know how they were going to juggle it all. Even if they made more, it's like somehow the roles and expectations. And then, you know, a lot of times women out there, be honest with yourself, our idol in life is being able to hold it all together. Yeah. And so we're not willing to show people the vulnerability, the hardships, the hard times that we need help because we're trying to be this like superwoman yeah. and super mom and super wife and all these things. And the reality is during the epidemic, that was very hard to do. We were scared. We were frightened. We were frustrated. We were stressed out. We were trying to you know, take care of everything. And so that's what I personally saw from the women that we're surrounded with in our business, bless mama bosses and online. Yeah. Now, secondly, I mean, I have personally seen a shift, but I'm curious, what are your thoughts on the landscape of entrepreneurship and women run businesses? Are you seeing a shift in terms of more women making the jump into entrepreneurship? And if so, why do you think that is? I'll take this part. I do think that there is a shift. I think more women are being forced into being Mm open-minded about you know, creating things, they're realizing, Hey, I do have a passion and I am really good at this thing that's outside of my corporate role. And some of that is being forced in, maybe they had to leave a job. Maybe they had, you know, kids at school and they couldn't do both, or they're working from home and they're realizing I really like being home. Let me try to find something. And I think people are just either being forced into it 
or they see other people and their, their minds are a little bit more open. And there are so many things that this pandemic, it has allowed people, Blair and I were already living in the world of building a business online and on social media. So from us, a business perspective, it didn't change. But I will say that so many other women started, you know, if even if you had a brick and mortar business, you had to go online. You were forced to learn the skills of having online. And a lot of that went to social media. And I wholeheartedly believe that people get a taste of that. And they're like, I want more. And it just opens the eyes up. Do you think that women are also, I mean, I come from corporate background and I saw a lot of women not being treated fairly in that world. And Kelly, you come from a corporate background, Blair, you were teaching where women, I think, are now getting to the point where they're fed up with the bullshit and not being promoted or not being given equal status compared to their male counterparts. And I think that they're just getting fed up and say, you know what? screw this. I'm, I'm leaving and I'm, I'm becoming my own CEO. I'm tired of this crap. It's not going to change. What do you think about that? I I agree completely. I mean, there is a lot of things that women have to put up with that men never experience. Right. And not just in a pay scale, but on so many other avenues, you know, the way that they're spoken to, the way that they're looked at, there's very specific things. And, you know, the reality is, is if you're going to be putting time in to, you know, being away from your kids and working and being away from your family and doing things, why not do it for yourself? Why not pour into yourself? And I I do really believe that women are making that shift from that. And it is a lot unfair. You know, I mean, I definitely had a lot of that happen in, in my corporate America world. Yeah. I mean, women do have to put up with and face a lot of adversity in that world and having to deal with that. It's got to be exhausting and just, you know, honestly, I can't even imagine how terrible that feels. And so, yeah, I guess women are just getting tired of it and saying, you know what, I've had enough. It's time to go out on my own. And I'm seeing a lot more women get into the entrepreneurial game. And I think it's amazing. We need more of it. We need more women that are tired, that are going to become the CEOs of their life and, and build their businesses like you two women have. And again, I'm completely inspired by the two of you and what you've both managed to, to do and accomplish and overcome. I think you both are a testament to the fact that it can be done. Well, I also would love to add, Brad, that I do believe that there is so much incredible support mm-hmm. in the entrepreneurial space for women. It's like all are welcomed. Your background doesn't matter. Your schooling doesn't matter. What you look like doesn't matter. What kind of house you live in, what kind of car you drive, like none of that matters. Yeah. There's so much support. You can find, it doesn't matter your personality. You will find a tribe of women that will love you and support you and lift you up. It exists for everyone out there. It's not always the same group for different, you know, different people, but it does exist. And you can build those genuine, authentic relationships that grow you as a human that you just don't find in corporate America. I very much remember I was good friends with a lot of people I worked with, but you're always guarded. You're always like, okay, well, what happens if they, if I say this to them and you know, this gets back to this person. And, you know, when you work for yourself in your entrepreneurial life, like those relationships are just different and it's incredibly inspiring. Yeah, for sure. How long have each of you now been working in network marketing? So I've been in this space for 12 years now. Okay. I'm getting ready to celebrate six years. 
Amazing. Congratulations to you both. Thank you. What would you say for each of you is the most exciting part about working in network marketing? Well, I think honestly, the most exciting part is like I was sharing before is the relationships that you develop. I mean, they're relationships that people, friendships, they become your family that you would have never met if it wasn't for this. And then uh, hopefully I'm not taking yours also, Kelly, but (laughs) the other one is the freedom. I mean, I just never even knew that there was a life out there where you could make your own choices, where you could choose when to work, how to work, where to work, who to work with, who you wanted to connect with and who you didn't. I didn't even know that was a possibility in life because I didn't grow up in a home with either parent supporting entrepreneurship or understanding entrepreneurship. So I think that is an amazing blessing from this industry too. Okay. Kelly? Completely agree with the freedom, but I also have to say seeing another woman uncover and overcome their fears. They don't think they can do something. They do it. You may have a hand in helping guide them through it. And they're so proud of themselves, that confidence and just seeing women transform. Oh, it is just, it is, it lights me up every single time. It is part of why I wake up and do this business every day. And I love it. What tool or tools do you use that makes the business simple and duplicatable? Well, that is a great question. So one of our favorite tools, I would say is Trello. Both Kelly and I both use it. We do lots of training on Trello inside of our inner circle membership group that we provide for Blessed Mama Bosses. That's one of our favorite ways to stay organized. We actually have a freebie that we give out called Mastering Your Time. And that's a worksheet that Kelly and I have created that we use to really time block and plan out our calendars ahead of time. And, and then I also think vision boards, as crazy as that sounds, by creating your vision board, you see where you want to go. And then it's much easier to take that and create your goals. And what do I need to do? And what do I need to get rid of in order to achieve those? So we have lots. I mean, we have tons because Kelly yeah. and I are both really into being organized and systems <laughs> and strategies. So we literally have a whole course that takes people through starting their business to like having a team of thousands and all the different systems and strategies that we've created that are simple and easy to use. Like that's one thing about Kelly and I, we are not like major click funnel people and this and that, you know, we are very about simplicity because most people that want to build a business like we have, whether it is through an Etsy company or a network marketing company, most people want to do it without having to spend 10 hours a day on their business. Right. So we really have a lot of different systems and strategies that we have set up and put in place to make it so that you can maximize those short time blocks that you have for your business. Now, are these tools and these strategies that you and Kelly have come up with, are they applicable across all multi-level marketing businesses or is it specific to, because you both work in health and wellness in the multi-level marketing world. So it's applicable across the board for MLM. Across the board. Yeah. Even small business would get success out of it because it's really a lot of systems and strategies. I mean, we take them through setting up their business, setting up customer relations to building teams, to training, to organization, time management, all of it. And it helps anybody. Okay. So how do each of you stay motivated working in the network marketing world? Oh, staying motivated. So I think that the number one thing to staying motivated is to show up when you're not (laughs) and to show up on the, on the hard days, you know, and to plan breaks. 
we both held each other accountable this summer and took planned time off um, because that allows you to not have burnout and it allows you to stay motivated. I also think setting those goals up, knowing like, hey, at the end of this month, these are the things that I want to stay accomplished in. And you're like, hey, I'm halfway through the month. I'm halfway through this goal or I've crushed this goal or I'm not there yet on this one. And it just allows you to show up and break things down into simple form and be motivated, not motivated for the big goal, but motivated for that broken down goal that is today's goal. Right. Small chunks. Mm -hmm. What is the one common myth about your profession that you'd like to debunk? Oh, that's easy. Uh, <laughs> pyramid scheme. People are always like, oh, that MLM never marketing, that's a pyramid scheme. Well, a pyramid scheme means that somebody at the top is making money off everybody else and not giving them anything, right? Like right. the Ponzi scheme. And that's not what ours is. It's literally most of the companies, and I can't speak to all of them, but yeah. there are a lot of great companies out there. And most of them, it's about they have an amazing product that people are having great results on, and they want to get it straight to the consumers without having to worry about the third party, which is the middleman, which is the, right getting it out to all of these different stores. If they sell it through people like basically like all of us, right? And like now we're buying stuff on Instagram with influencers all the time, affiliate right. links, all these things, right? That's basically basically what MLM is. It's just a faster way to get the product out to the consumer. And it's allowing moms, dads, you know, be, to be able, men, women from all over, be able to have a business online and sell an amazing product or business opportunity and help others. That's really all it is. Kelly, is there any myths that you'd like to debunk or is that That definitely is one of them, but Mm. also probably that you need to be an influencer or have a giant network to be successful. A lot of times people think that you need that and you don't because you can create and develop relationships online starting, you know, from not having a network. So that is definitely something that is out there that just isn't true. Okay. What advice would you give someone wanting to pursue a career in multi-level marketing or network marketing? I would well, definitely. First, I would, <laughs> but go ahead. You go ahead. I was going to say, come see us at Blessed Mama Bosses, right? Like yeah. if you're a woman and you're looking at this industry, come join our group because we have that free group, blessedmamabossesgroup.com. It'll take you straight to our Facebook group. And yeah, we would love to help you get started. But really the very first best advice, and we share this, I can't remember what podcast episode, but we talk about how to pick the right network marketing business for you is making sure you pick a company that you align with. Like you really do see value in the products, not the business plan, the products first. So make sure you're in love with the products, then check out the reward slash compensation plan and make sure it makes sense. You know, you don't want to have a company where it's really hard to line things up. Like if this person doesn't do this and I can't make my money, you know, be careful about that in the industry as well. And then the third thing is start investing in yourself. Where do you need to start to become better? So like I said, when I started with the jewelry business, I told myself I wasn't good at sales. So the very first thing I started to do was I went to YouTube and started watching videos by Brian Tracy on how to close the sale and how to talk about the sale and how to bring up the sale. Right. So I just immersed myself in learning whatever that certain subject was. So, and we can help you with all of that at Bless My Bosses. That's kind (laughs) of one of the main reasons why we created it, to be honest, is that we were like, I personally have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on personal development 
Kelly has as well, plus what she learned in pharma, which they do amazing coaching and training there. We took everything that we've learned and put it into one place for you. So you don't have to go looking for the Brian Tracy video, the, this video, the, that video, we've got everything you know, there to help you and guide you, especially through our podcasts and our courses. But that's what I would say. I don't know, Kelly, would you say anything different? A few different things that I would definitely encourage people to look at the products, making sure it's like a consumable product that somebody purchases on a regular basis. It actually will create long-term residual income for you. And that is where you're, you know, creating the connection, helping someone, but that it's something that they purchase and they consume. So it just is a long-term residual plan. And then making sure you're partnered with the right person. There are so many people that come in and out of the profession and, you know, they don't get rich quick in 90 days. And so they're like, I'm out of here, you know, or they jump companies, make sure you're aligned with the right person who is there, who is committed to helping you with your goals, as long as you're putting the effort in. Okay. Now, as I previously mentioned, you both host the Blessed Mama podcast. What was the inspiration behind starting the podcast? And can you tell us a bit about the show, what it's all about? Yeah. So we had already had Blessed Mama bosses for almost a year at that point, I think. We just felt like people kept saying, please have a podcast. Can you put all this information into a podcast? And I'll be honest, Kelly and I were not for it at first. <laughs> we were like, there's another thing to do. We don't want to do it. But we realized we would be able to help more and reach you know, way more people through through doing the podcast. And so we decided, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to be faithful to our community. We're going to do it. And I kid you not, we started, we pre-recorded our first six episodes. We got everything ready. The day it was launching was the day I was rushed into a um, hysterectomy oh my and then gosh. found out like a couple of days later that I had cancer. So it was <sighs> a crazy time, but it was also a big platform for me to be able to share my story for Kelly to be able to share her story. And we weren't even planning to share that part on our podcast. I mean, we just mm. thought it would be all about the business, but we ended up, I know, reaching and helping a lot of women through both of our stories of, you know, having to go through things and come out on the other side. And the purpose of the podcast, if you listen, is really because we want to help women reach whatever it is. So whether it's figures or beyond without sacrificing time with their family. And so we do that by sharing tips, strategies, skills with our listeners. And we really try to show up with not only the business side, but also with that personal development side and helping them as women of faith who are trying to be successful and manage all that stuff. The the stories play into that huge, the relatability factor, the human factor that lets you connect with your audience. That's so important in creating a community and, and having that for your listeners, for sure. So who originally came up with the idea out of the two of you to start the podcast? Or was it a joint thing? It was neither one of us. We just kept being told we should do it. <laughs> Honestly, that's it. We we sort of went into the podcast. Now it is the center of Class Mama Bosses, but we went into it a little kicking and screaming bad yeah. being just totally transparent. We both were busy. You know, it wasn't just like one more thing, but it was so many other people. We prayed about it and we just felt this huge calling that it was something we were supposed to do. And we've never looked back. We have had so much fun. And as you can tell by getting to know us, we would love to talk and we both have a lot to talk about. So it's kind of worked out to be a complete perfect platform. But you're also helping women, which is just a bonus to the whole thing because you guys are friends, you get to chat and you also additionally get to help other women. So yeah. It's, and what it's are the a win-win. Things- 
one yeah. of the things we added in was to keep it short. We really right. do try to keep our podcast to 15 or 20 minutes because we spend a lot of time on self-development, but not everybody has time for that in their life. And so we try to take something we learn, break it down into simple steps and re reteach it or show how we've done it in our life in a, in a shorter version. Beautiful. Also, one of the big things, if we're being totally candid and honest, Kelly and I were like, there's so many good podcasts out there. Why would anybody want to listen to ours? Yeah, that that whole self-doubt. Of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've done all this self-development. We both have made millions. We both have this great community. Bless my bosses. We both have great teams in network marketing, but we still had that fear. And so I felt like when we talked about it and we decided, okay, we're going for it. I was like, okay, we're going to put it out there and see who it serves. And we've had such great feedback from people. And it's been such an amazing platform to be able to share Mm -hmm. and be really authentic and real. And I think for people to really get to know us because we both love training and teaching, but we show up a little bit silly sometimes on our podcast and laugh a little bit and they get to see that side of us, which I think is really important. Well, that that's what helps the the connection with your audience. And I mean, no one else is you, Blair. No one else is Kelly. That's it. You're being authentic. And, and that's why you do that. That's part of why you do it is put the content out there. And again, you ladies are all about helping women achieve their goals and, and strive and, and stretch themselves. So sometimes that self-doubt, it, it creeps in and it's hard to overcome at times, but you just have to keep pushing through and, and do it anyway. Who came up with the name? And how did you come up with the name? You want me to share? Okay. So (laughs) I created Bless My Bosses. I actually started this community a while back and it kind of laid dormant. It got like, I had a lot of people at first, then it kind of laid dormant. It was all because I kept getting asked the same questions over and over by women who were not part of my network marketing team. And to be honest, at that time I was in major build mode and I didn't have time to answer everybody's questions, but I wanted to help all those women, right? Like if you asked me, how did I earn, you know, the top of my compensation plan in four months? Like I wanted to tell people how I was doing it, but I didn't have the time to answer everybody's questions. So anytime somebody asked me a question, I'd throw them into that group and be like, check out the videos in this Facebook group I created. (laughs) And I wanted it to be faith-based because I really just felt like I had this calling to show women of faith that it's okay to make money. It's okay to want money. You could do big things with the money you create, right? A lot of times there's this weird line of like, oh, if I'm being a good godly woman, I can't make money. I can't have success. Success needs to come in my home. I call BS on that. (laughs) And so does the Bible. But anyways, and so that was where that came from. It lay dormant until... I really, Kelly and I were talking, she was telling me about all these people in her community that were asking her to speak or to help or to show them how she had been doing the things that she had been doing. And I said, Hey, what if we came together? I love being with you. I love doing things with you. What if we came together and created blessed mama bosses, like recreated it and relaunched it a different way. And we both built it together. And that's kind of like how it started. Kelly was totally into it. It was awesome. We played around with changing the name and we just decided on keeping it. We were like, this really is exactly who we're wanting to talk to. So let's just keep the name. I love it. I love the name. Ladies, each of you, what do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? Oh, wow. Superpower. I really think probably the biggest superpower is overcoming things, whether it's small things and just having a strong mind. And that doesn't mean always showing up in perfection. It doesn't mean always showing up with exactly the plan but to keep showing up. And I think that is a skill set that anyone can learn 
but just to keep showing up for your life and for your goals. Blair? Well, I also have to say Kelly's superpower is social media. She's really good at it. She's learned it. She's good at it. Like I ask her for advice all the time. So my superpower, I think, is encouragement. Honestly, I in in being very mastering my time, which has actually been a new struggle for me since cancer, because after chemo, like I'm just now, you know, five months later starting to get back my mental clarity, my motivation, those things. But Prior to that, I was like the time blocking time management queen. I'm getting back there again. So that's one of my superpowers. What? And productivity. Yes. You can do things faster than any human I've ever seen. (laughs) Yes. I wish there was a talent show for that. I would have definitely been that talent show. I can like do things 10 times faster than most people. But it was interesting though, because after cancer, I couldn't. And I feel like I now have a lot of extra empathy for people who can't move as quickly as I can. Yeah. I have a lot of empathy for them. But encouragement also. I think encouragement is a skill that I have learned and I have found the value in. It not only brings me happiness and joy, but it also allows me to bring happiness and joy to others and allows them to see their potential. So speaking of success, how do you define success, Blair? What does that word mean to you? Oh, so good. Success to me is freedom of choices. Okay. Kelly. Wow. I would have to probably say happiness. Happiness. Kelly, what would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after learning it? That the struggles that you may currently be going through in your life do not define you forever. And I think so many people fight personal demons, fight situations that are completely out of their control and allowing them to define the roads that they go on down the future. And I think after realizing that that does not define you and it does not control you, you can just really step into your passion and your purpose in life. Okay. Blair. Oh my gosh. That's such a hard question. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I, that I'm strong, that I can do anything right. That I'm already equipped and empowered with everything that I need. I just have to choose to do it. That's really what I've learned because I've been through some really hard things that if you had told me I was going to go through in life, I would have never thought I could get through. And I've come out the other side, even becoming a millionaire with my company multiple times. I would have never thought that. I mean, I grew up thinking I was going to make 30,000 a year as a teacher and I was going to retire in 30 years. And that was the way it was going to be. And I never in a million years thought I could do those things. So I would definitely say that's probably it for me. Okay. Blair, what would you say is one of your biggest life lessons or teachable moments or for lack of a better, I guess, failures, but let's use life lessons or teachable moments. And what did you learn from that? Not to, I'm trying to think of how to word this without offending anybody. So I'm just going to be honest, Yeah. not to think that one person can take care of you. You need to take care of yourself. You need to know how to, you know, have your own success, whatever that means for you. You need to know how to make sure you have your own money, whatever that means for you. And now when I say your own money, I'm not saying it needs to be in a separate bank account than your spouse or your partner, like Ryan and I share ours. But when that moment happened where our world collapsed, it was a big realization that I was depending on somebody else too much. And I needed to get back to being my own person and defining what success was for me you know, financially and as a human being. And then also another really big aha moment was just this last year when I went through cancer, I realized I am a people pleaser 
And I have a hard time with boundaries. And so I thought I had gotten good with boundaries after my husband went through his addiction problem. I learned a lot about boundaries, but I realized I had gotten myself back into that pattern again of allowing people to come cross the boundaries that I had created. And so I think that those are, you know, really big things is becoming your own independent person and being able to take care of yourself. Doesn't mean you have to take care of yourself all the time. My husband takes great care of me and I take great care of him. But, and then the other part is that part about boundaries and not having to be a people pleaser all the time and really truly doing the things that I feel like I'm supposed to do in life, not because other people are telling me to do them. Right. Kelly, how about you? I think two lessons for me, and one is taking people for granted, really like taking people for granted. And the life lesson is is to value friendships more, to value business relationships more. And just because I may not personally need someone like checking on me and constantly telling me how important I am to them, a lot of people do need that. And if that is a part of your, if you value someone, you know, putting yourself and letting them know that you value them and not taking people for granted. I definitely have learned that lesson by taking others for granted a lot in my life. And then the the second life lesson is work ethic. Let's be real. A lot of people just don't have the work ethic. And, you know, I will say Blair and I are on the extreme of work (laughs) ethic. I would not expect 99% of people to show up and work like we do, but we love it. We enjoy it. What we do never feels like work. I mean, it's something that we love to do because we've found our passion, Yeah, but learning the life lesson that not everybody wants to work like that. Not everybody's passion is what mine is. And allowing people grace and allowing that not everybody is going to show up. And guess what? That is okay. Yeah. Huge life lessons for me. What is your personal motto, Kelly? To be a little bit better today than I was yesterday. Blair? To have a great day and make it a great day for others. Love it. What does the word empowerment mean to you, Blair? Oh, I love that word. (laughs) (laughs) I think honestly, it can mean so many different things based on where I am in life. But right now, empowerment means owning the gifts and talents that are inside of you. Beautiful. Kelly? This is my team name. So I love this word. (laughs) Team Empower is, oh, Empower is like one of the most valuable words to me in my life. And it just means fight for what you want, fight for your dreams. Beautiful. Okay. We're going to jump into a little rapid fire section. So the next few questions will be one, two, three word answer type things. Okay. Well, that's going to be hard. Yeah. (laughs) Kelly, how would you describe yourself in one word? Focused. Blair? Happy. Blair, if you could teach the world one thing, what would that be? Love. Kelly? Priorities. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? Kelly? More time with my husband. Blair? Freedom. If you could change one thing about the world, Blair, what would you change? People would love each other. Kelly? People would not be so judgmental. Kelly, what would you say is one of your favorite entrepreneurial books? Jack Canfield, Success Principles. Blair? I'm laughing because she's still mine. (laughs) 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 And she knows it. Um, Okay, let's see. My second favorite would probably be Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Okay, that concludes our rapid fire section. Back to our regularly scheduled program. (laughs) Blair, what would you say are the top three skills needed to be a successful entrepreneur? Oh, that's easy for me. Number one, you got to show up daily. So you Mm got to have daily action, whatever that is. 
Second is make duplicatable systems so that you can have a team that recreates the same thing. Mm-hmm. And three would be never give up because you are probably three feet from gold and you're going to kick yourself later if you don't just keep going. Yeah. I, a friend of mine sent me a meme and it's two guys um, stacked on top of each other. They're both in a, in a diamond mine. And one guy is digging away with his pickaxe and he's so close to breaking through and getting those diamonds and he gives up and walks away and the other guy is still going. So I love that meme and I love what you said. I think it's amazing. Kelly, how about you? What would you say are the top three skills needed to be successful entrepreneur? Being disciplined having a goal, but also having the plan that goes along with it and being consistent showing up for that. Okay. Kelly, what is the most entrepreneurial thing about you? What is the most entrepreneurial thing about me? Probably the fact that I love, this is a tough question. <laughs> I love <laughs> making jump my in? guests think. Yeah, you, I know. I'm like, hmm, yes, you jump in and let me think about this one. Okay, so the me. most entrepreneurial thing about me is I don't like other people telling me what to do. All right. That <laughs> makes me a great entrepreneur because I'm ready to take it on myself. <laughs> I think probably the most important thing for me is just being able to work when I want to work and allowing my family plans and working around those. Okay. Kelly, if you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Do not be so close-minded to the exact plan that your parents laid out for you and the exact plan that I was taught in my head, which Blair mentioned very in the beginning. You grow up, you go to college, you get a good job, you stay loyal, you put in your retirement, you retire. That is something I wish that I would have learned at a very young age and just been open-minded and not so close-minded to opportunities earlier in my life. Societal expectations that our parents push on to us, right? Yes. Blair, how about you? Mine is very similar to that. I would I would say being open-minded, but also starting with passive income opportunities younger. Like I didn't understand that. And so now in my you know mid forties, we're just starting to invest in properties, invest in passive income businesses, right? So I wish I had started doing that much younger, but again, I didn't know. So if you're listening to this and you don't know, go read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That was the best book I probably ever invested in for okay. that. Blair, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? It'd probably be, you know what? There's going to be storms that you're going through or that are coming or that you're coming out of. And you are as strong as you believe you are. And you can either choose to take those and help others and help yourself, or you can choose to sit alone in the dark. So it's your choice. Make that decision and move forward because you are so much more than your circumstance. Beautifully said. I love it. Kelly, how about you? 30 second commercial would definitely be, do not give up on yourself to know that in the future, you may not know what storm is coming, but you are guaranteed that they are headed your way. You are going to go through them and be aware of how you handle things when you're in the fight and how you want to be and what you want to learn when you're on the other side and looking at the person in the mirror and loving that person showing up for you, because when you show up for you and that, that girl, that guy in the mirror, you can show up for everyone else in your life so much better. And you also cannot control how other people receive your energy. You have to be you and find your passion. Beautifully said. Ladies, thank you so very much for taking the time to be here today. I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. You two 
are incredible inspirations. And I just, I'm so honored and pleased to have had you on the podcast and welcome to the Empowerography community. It's been such a pleasure and thank you for all that you're doing. And I'm so inspired by the two of you, both inspirational ladies. Thank you so much. Thank you. This was so much fun. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guests have been Kelly Hoover and Blair Critch. They are the founders of Blessed Mama Bosses. Thank you so much, ladies. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.